Welcome to the Hook and Ladder podcast, college basketball picks um, for Tuesday, January 18th. Justin Santoup, Colin O'Donnell. Colin, solid weekend for us. We we bounced back from a, from a rough midweek slate last week, uh, last Thursday. Gave some winners out on Saturday. Six and four for me, six and three for you. And consensus plays went four and two. So very, very solid Saturday. How was your weekend? Did you watch any college basketball? Were you just engulfed in the NFL playoffs? How was your weekend? Uh, it was good. I watched definitely a lot of basketball earlier on on Saturday. Switched to football after that. But um, a, lot of, a lot of good games to catch on uh, Saturday. And I was following most of the other ones uh, after that. Um, yeah, I don't know. Do we want to go takeaways from the uh, – yeah, let's let's just go brief. Like any did anything stand out? I don't I don't think we need to go game by game. There were five thousand games on Saturday. Um, did anything stand out for you on Saturday? I'll, I'm happy to start. Um, yeah, if you want to start, I'll start. So, so number one for me, obviously, we touched on this game briefly. Rutgers gets a road win. They they come back from eleven down at halftime. Go batshit crazy in the second half. Uh, defeat Maryland. Um, the Santube house was singing the alma mater. It was, a, it was a whole scene. So, so that was, that was number one. I just want to get that out there as, as the pride and joy. Okay. Number two, um, Kentucky might be like real deal, real deal. And I had a feeling on them coming into the season that like, I think they're super legit. Um, I thought that the mix of talent could be spectacular, but they didn't look great at times early in the season. And I've kind of been fading them recently. And it hasn't worked out well. And my sadistic self might end up fading them again this week. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm not sure I even want to do that. But, like, I think they are they are excellent. And uh, a third takeaway for me, um, the Big 12 continues to be just an absolute gauntlet. There is no worse team in that conference. I mean, it is it is ridiculous. If you look at what transpired on Saturday alone, and we were both all over Kansas State, but – Kansas State beats Texas Tech. Texas Tech just beat Baylor in Kansas. Baylor lost to Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State just got their 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 asses beat in by by um, by Texas Tech. TCU beats Oklahoma. Oklahoma's beaten all types of teams. Texas had just destroyed Oklahoma. Texas just got beat by Iowa State. Like the Big Twelve, like if they weren't going to cannibalize each other, Colin, I think all ten teams in the Big Twelve would have a case for the NCAA tournament, which is just mind boggling to me. So those were those are really my takeaways from the weekend. Yeah, the Big 12 is what the Big East used to be, just a little smaller. Yeah, with no bottom. It, it's it's a ridiculously good and deep conference. And, uh, yeah, I mean, Kansas State, able to get that win against Texas Tech, there, there, there's nothing easy, especially when you're going on the road in the Big 12. I know every conference likes to kind of toot their own horn and say that oh, there's nothing easy going on the road. But there are easy games in other conferences going on the road. There's not in the Big 12, and at least not to the extent that you'll see in uh, other conferences. Anything that stand out to you this weekend, Paul? Um, well, tough loss for, for the Irish. Kind of kind of fell apart in the second half. Um, Atkinson was playing really well, uh, fouled out, which, uh, which really kind of killed the momentum, and that kind of shows just – how important he is into the Notre Dame team because without him, there's really no uh, interior presence 
that they can rely on. And when he went out, game kind of kind of collapsed for them. Um, outside of Notre Dame, I'd say the Northwestern win on the road at Michigan State, I thought was a uh, was pretty surprising and impressive for Northwestern. They're nine and six and really don't have a bad loss. So that's a team that can, that can kind of sneaky, like people aren't really talking about them. That's a, they can build a tournament resume with wins like that. And um, yeah, I don't know. Besides that, South Carolina fucking blows. Fuck Frank Martin. Guy's a bum. I don't know why I let you talk me into thinking he's a good head coach. And yeah, uh, every year. I can't well, quit like, every year. I can't quit South Carolina. I'm addicted. Yeah, I know. I, 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 I'm literally only thinking – I only have in my head that he's a good coach because you just tell me all the time. But every time I watch him, they suck. It's only the final – one final four run. Well, so in, in defense of Frank Martin, I have bet on him multiple times this year. Um, and been successful. So you can be successful better than any coach. I just, I, I, I think he's, I think he, I don't think he's a bad coach. I think he, I actually think he's a pretty good coach. I think he gets, gets the most out of his team. I just don't think they're very talented. Like they don't make shots. I know. Um, Arkansas. Yeah. That's a, that was a very big win. And, uh, just like that, Arkansas's back. We'll see. We'll see. They can sustain it, but a uh, massive win on the road. You know Arkansas plays Tuesday night, right? I do. South Carolina. Yeah, yep. And uh, I'm definitely not betting on South Carolina, so you have fun with that one. I don't think I'm getting there either. Uh, yeah, Kentucky, the Kentucky win, very massive for Kentucky and Notre Dame as well. You know, the Irish, despite the loss, able to get the win today, and uh, those those – those couple wins keep looking a little better. Yeah, the, the home loss to Boston College continues to be a, a dark cloud, but BC did go on the road and beat Clemson, yeah. um, which is impressive for Boston College. So, yeah, I mean, look, the ACC has two teams that are going to the tournament, Duke and North Carolina. I think there are several others that are kind of on the bubble. Miami's in the mix, obviously. I think Virginia is going to be in the mix when all said and done. Virginia Tech's not out of it. Obviously, Notre Dame, um, you know, they're, they're all – there's, like, this big mosh. Florida State. Wake Forest. Yeah, Wake, absolutely. Like, there's this big mosh in the Atlantic Coast Conference that um, it's going to be very, very fascinating to watch that play out throughout the throughout the winter. Okay. Who do you – Who before we get into this. Yeah. Which of our teams do you think is in better position right now? Um. Honestly, I think Rutgers is in better position because Rutgers will have way more opportunities to get quality wins. But right now? I, I think Rutgers is in better position because they have way more opportunities to get quality wins. Yeah, no, I'm not talking about No, I, I understand. I, I, well, okay, so oh, you mean if, if the season ended today? Right now, I'd say Notre Dame has a better resume. That, th- that's not the question. You said yeah, that, a- that's the question. That's why I said right now. I didn't say going no, okay. forward. I misunderstood the question. So I thought you meant in position, given like in position. If tomorrow was selection Sunday. Yes. I think Notre Dame probably has a slightly better resume. I agree. With that. 
Interesting. We're gonna be uh, we're gonna be fighting for these these bubble spots. I, I'm I'm excited for these bubble watches to start start yeah. popping out. I started to do some preliminary preliminary bracketology uh, during on Sunday, um, and I just couldn't couldn't even like hit the nitty gritty because I, I mean I could you could make a case for a hundred teams to be like yeah it's too it's it's too early yeah. it's too early there's a reason they're not they're not out yet yeah all right let's get into um, a really really good Tuesday slate. We're just going to go chronologically um, on Saturdays. We break it out conference by conference because there's just so many games. Um, so we'll, we'll do three or four games per conference, maybe five and give our plays that way for midweek. We're just going to go chronologically. We'll start at five o'clock really big game in Morgantown. One of my best friends, um, my roommate in college, he's going to be there. Um, he's taking a girl. <laughs> <laughs> um, Baylor minus six and a half at West Virginia, West Virginia, off of a blowout loss at Kansas. They were in the game at halftime. Now they play Baylor, which is somehow lost back-to-back games, and it feels like everybody thinks the sky is falling. Um, But it doesn't get any easier in the Big 12, and this is kind of the theme of this conference because, like, okay, Baylor had a bad week. They lost at home to Texas Tech. They lost at home to um, to Oklahoma State. Their starting point guard, James Akinjo, I, I think he might be injured. Like, I need to do a little more research into that. Now they got to go on the road to West Virginia, which is always a really tough place to play, and they're laying six and a half. Now, is there anything that stands out to you here, Colin? I lean West Virginia, but I'm a little, I'm a little worried about. Oh, hang on a second. Scott Drew said today that James Akinjo could miss the game against West Virginia, which is just a huge. I mean, that is a killer for them. That's their starting point guard against the. Where are, you get, where are you getting these lines? Points bet. Points bet. Points bet has them. Okay. Points bet is the first, is the only New Jersey book at the moment to have have these lines open. Yeah, I was looking. I don't see anything. Um, at, at six and a half. I, I mean, honestly, there's not a lot unless unless this was as low as three and as high as eight that I would really want to play either side because I wanted to be there in West Virginia, but you can't go against Baylor that just lost two in a row because this, this becomes a desperation spot for them. But the other thing is it's hard to go on Baylor in the desperation by low spot when you have a West Virginia who's desperate and at home. West Virginia is one of the toughest places to play in the country. It was so in the Big East. It's been so in the Big 12. Going to, into uh, West Virginia to play Bob Huggins teams is always a very tough task. And I am just don't – I don't see – my, I don't see an edge on either side. Yep. I am going to bet West Virginia plus six and a half. Um, I think it's tough. I'm a little disappointed that like, I think the market might be even a little down on Baylor after their bad week, but if James Akinjo doesn't go, I mean, that's their starting point guard. That is their rock against this, this West Virginia pressing attack. Obviously they, They've got great guards, Tash Sherman and Sean McNeil, just make shots in big moments, awesome home court advantage. Now, the reason I think West Virginia might be a little bit more desperate is like, I think West Virginia needs the quality win. Like they need, I mean, West Virginia has got a good record. I think they're like 13 and three, something like that, but they don't have, other than I guess beating UConn, they beat UConn at home earlier this season. They don't have like a big, holy cow win. I think they can scrap in this game. I think they can make it a real nail biter, low scoring, battle um and if james akinjo doesn't go i mean i love this i mean my number is like west virginia by three and a half four and if akinjo doesn't go i'm probably closer to like 
I'm not my Baylor by three and a half, four, excuse me. I'm probably closer to Baylor by two. So I'm, I'm going to take West Virginia plus six and a half. That's a, that's a go for me. All right. Yeah. Moving on, moving on. I'm, I'm, Good luck. Thank you. Appreciate it. Um, Kansas, Kansas minus three and a half at Oklahoma, another battle in the big 12, just another night in, in this conference. Um, what do you think, Colin? This is, I feel like it's a really tough spot for Kansas on the road. I mean, they just had a big week at home where they beat Iowa state um, in a nail biter. Then they blew out West Virginia. Now they go on the road to Oklahoma, which is always a very tough place to play. Porter Moser's got a terrific defensive team. Uh, I lean the home dog again. Um, curious your thoughts at the current number. Um, yeah. So I, I am, I'm going to take Oklahoma. Okay. I, I think it's, it's, it's desperation. We've lost three or four, all three on the road. They were able to handle Iowa state at home. I think Porter Moses is a really good head coach. I think Oklahoma's a very good team, not, not great. And Kansas may be great, which is the problem, but I don't really think, I think three and a half a bit much on the road in Oklahoma, especially for an absolutely desperate, Oklahoma team here. I agree. Oklahoma was, I mean, they, they almost up, they almost beat TCU as a small favorite at home. I mean, that was a, a rock fight. And I think Jamie Dixon's doing a hell of a job with that TCU team. Um, now they come back home in what is like a hyper motivated spot against Kansas. They've got Oklahoma's really good guards. They do defend. I mean, lot. yeah. If you're Oklahoma, you have to get, you got to get this win. You do. I mean, they're, they're dangerously close to looking at, at, they're 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 they are one hundred percent a bubble team right now. They're on, the, they are, they're, they're on the right side of it though. Yes, but but your wins are Florida, not really impressive. Arkansas, not as impressive as you thought. And then uh, like Iowa State, Iowa State, which you would you would assume that the you know, Iowa State win is going to decrease in value as the season goes on for the Big Twelve, just with so many. Good, other good teams in that conference. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, I'm there with you, Colin. I, I think Oklahoma defends at a high level. Um, and I love, I love the better defense. I hope plus the points. It's always something that, that just intrigues me. So I'm, I'm right there back to back home dogs for me in the big 12, Colin, you've got Oklahoma plus three and a half. We roll on. Odell baby. Saw that. No, I'm in my room. What happened? Touchdown. Touchdown Rams. Yep. What's the score? Six zero. Into the Big Ten, Maryland at Michigan. Desperation mode, I think, for both teams. Maryland blows an eleven point home lead at halftime to Rutgers in a game that they really had to have. Now they go on the road to Michigan, who may or may not have Hunter Dickinson and Brandon Johns Jr. Both didn't play in the loss last Friday against Illinois. Um, Michigan laying six and a half. That feels kind of low to me, though. Like. I don't think I'm going to get there because I, I think Maryland is feisty and, and my numbers like right up right there, like at six and a half. And if Hunter Dickinson doesn't go, then that like that completely changes Michigan's edges. But I mean, I feel like Michigan's time is coming where they just explode and like Maryland could have been in desperation mode, but they were in desperation mode at home against Rutgers. They let that slip away. Now you got to go all the way to the, to the Chrysler center at Michigan. Like, like they could just roll over and die on a Tuesday night at Michigan, like three days after, after getting upset at home to Rutgers and just not bring it. Like, is that, is that the wrong way to look at it? 
I, I don't think he, this, I don't think for a Maryland team that had their coach fired and all of that, like, is this really the spot where they roll over? Nine eight on 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 prime time at Michigan. I think it's too much of like a hyped up game. But I yeah. just don't. I don't think Maryland's that good. Yeah. And I, I Michigan has to figure some things out. But I'm like I'm not sold on this Michigan team at all. Yeah, I'm I'm tempted to lay the points, but I, I don't think I'm gonna I'm gonna get there. Like I am <laughs> very. No, I see what you mean, but like, how much do you t- trust uh, Jawan Howard? I trust Juwan Howard. I think he's I think he's a pretty good coach. Yeah, I, I mean I think he's solid, but it, I I just have found it interesting how last year he was anointed as like the next savior and how uh Michigan upgraded after John Beeline left. Yeah. And and now you're kind of seeing like that might not have been the case. Yeah, I think I think Michigan came into this year just grossly overrated, took advantage by fading them a couple times earlier in the season because I mean, people forget, like people people were penciling Michigan in as a final four team this year with like they lost three starters from last year's team and like four of their top six players, including a lottery pick who's starting in who's been starting in the NBA since day one in Franz Wagner, who was obviously their most important player, their starting point guard, two knockdown shooters, like Michigan was elite, elite last year across the board. Chemistry, skill-wise, length, athleticism, shot-making. Like, they were freaking awesome. Now they've got a bunch of freshmen. They're still trying to figure it out. They don't have a consistent perimeter option outside of, really, Eli Brooks, who isn't kind of an alpha. He's more of, like, a a third option on a good team. Um, Michigan's got all types of issues, but, like, I feel like eventually things are going to start coming in their direction, and, like, I want to catch them on the upswing. Well then, then, then if, if you think that, then this is the time to catch them. Because but but wait, Colin, that's what I'm asking though. Like, I don't know if if laying six and a half at home is the time to catch them. No, it, it is the time to catch them. You're off three straight losses, uh, off a of COVID pause. You have the rest break. They played Illinois on the road, tight, pretty tight for most without, of that game. And just the final, the final score isn't indicative. And uh, Maryland is has no no head coach and is off a um a heartbreaking one. loss at home where they where they collapse they they, if you're gonna catch Maryland, michigan on the upswing this is the time to catch them yeah this is definitely a look for me um i'm gonna wait because i i, I think I this line is line is not moving in well in maryland's direction see i don't know i, I think that the uncertainty around hunter dickinson might change might change that fact I mean, people aren't high on Michigan either. That's why I'm like, that's what I'm saying. That this is that's why it's people aren't like. They, no one's running to bet either of these teams. No one's running yeah, to bet. That, that, that's why this is the time. That's why the line's not going to move. Also, it might. I mean, I'm 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 waiting and seeing. Six and a half is. I got to sleep on it. I'm not giving that out right now. Um, definitely a lean lean for me on Michigan. Arkansas, South Carolina, Arky laying 10 against South Carolina. You hate Frank Martin. He's terrible. Can't coach. Well, can Arkansas blow him out at home? You feel that kind of, you feel that comfortable? Yeah. Arkansas dogs and fuck, really? fuck South Carolina. Are you, you want this? No, I'm not going to lay this. <laughs> I'm not going to lay double digits with an Arkansas team that is just starting to show life. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I, South Carolina just, 
covers random games and loses against good teams. Yeah, I, I know. That's exactly it. My number is like Arkansas by eight and a half. This is like a no-go for me. I could absolutely see South Carolina banding together, winning it outright, like because that's they do they do, do random stuff like that. Um, they are a team that I love to take as a, as a dog and would never, ever want to lay points with. Um, however, Arkansas, I kind of feel the same way, especially this year. Like they're very Jekyll and Hyde. They've let teams hang in there for a while before pulling away late. Um, even though they've been playing better basketball recently, I'm not, I'm not completely sold on them. I think, I think, uh, we'll, I think this game is going to be very indicative of how the rest of the season is going to go. Cause this game, and then they have home against Texas A&M. Those are two kind of easier games in the sec. Yeah. And they blew oh. out Missouri and one on the road at LSU. So the, the, those were two really strong performances. If these two performances are strong, I think Arkansas is going to be like Arkansas's back back. North Carolina at Miami, UNC laying two and a half at Miami. Um, I feel like Miami's kind of a darling of, of betters at the moment. They've been playing great basketball. They won at Duke. Um, they, they score. They've got outstanding guard play. Getting two and a half at home against North Carolina. Um, my number's like, I think a pick them. So like I technically have some value on Miami, I believe. Uh, but I am deathly afraid of this matchup. Miami is for as good as they are in the backcourt. They are grossly bad, like pathetic at defending the interior. And like Armando Baycott might be the best big man in the country, just in terms of offensive skill set, rebounding, just in terms of being a college post player. He is almost unstoppable. I am, I have no play here. I have no lean. Typically, I would love to be on Miami, the home dog, but this feels like a like a potential spot where North Carolina just has a clicking at home uh, on the road in the post, the matchup. Like, I don't know. Like, I think Miami might end up being a public dog. So this is a, a, a heavy stay away for me. Anything for you here? So it's UNC minus two and a half at Miami. Correct. At Miami. Yeah. So I, I, I think I'm going to take UNC. Okay. Uh, I agree with what you said about the matchup inside. I also think this UNC team has not had a significant performance yet this year, right? They beat Michigan, but Michigan's been kind of trash. Um, when they went on the road to Kentucky, they got smacked. I guess that was that was a neutral site, but same thing. When they went on to the road to Notre Dame, they lost. They Didn't lost neutral well, yeah. site against Purdue. They lost a neutral site against Tennessee. All their all their wins have been at home, but they have traveled on the road. They just haven't been able to get it done. Um, you're off of a a nice two game home strand, two games in two weeks on the 8th and the 15th. So you, you, you're you well-rested. Now you're traveling on the road to Miami, who's also well-rested, hasn't played since Tuesday in a really tough loss against um, – The rival. Florida State. Yeah. But I just think this is – this is a spot where UNC is going to get up, and they're just the better team than Miami. Miami's been playing above their uh, – statistics and you always kind of talk about how long can a team play above their statistics 
And I kind of believe that the statistics are just a little bit wrong on Miami because uh, they, they've been dealing with uh, so much the past few years, but uh, at head coach, they're just such a well-coached team that I think they kind of, kind of make up for some of that. But two and a half just feels like everybody in the mother is going to be on Miami here. And UNC is going to be so ready for this game, get their first real road win and kind of assert themselves back at the top of the ACC. Yeah, I completely agree, Kyle. Um, I haven't played it yet. I, I, I'm, I, you know what, I will give it as a pick because the more I, I hear you talk and the more I'm looking at it and the more I, I just broke down, look, looked at the matchup and the stats, like, like, like Miami is so weak defending the inside and like North Carolina has good guards. Like, it's not like they're incompetent. They have an incompetent backcourt. Like if you just think about it, like Caleb loves a good player. RJ Davis is a good player. Leaky black, really good defender. Like North Carolina is going to abuse Miami inside. It, it's yeah. not Baycott. It's, it's, it's manic Armando. Uh, what the hell's his name? Um, the, the, the transfer from Marquette, I'm spacing on his name, but um, whatever. They, they are they are so much bigger and stronger than Miami. I don't see how Miami like keeps up with them physically. Like how much longer can Miami rely on just their guards winning one-on-one matchups? Yeah, I mean I I think I think you you don't want to just completely like fade Miami off the map with the advanced statistics because as like I mentioned, Jim is really good head coach, but UNC has more talent than them. They are not deficient coaching wise and they're going to be up to this game so two and a half it just seems like this number is the books telling you North Carolina is going to win this game and I think they're going to win it handily I guarantee this line moves in North Carolina's favor also like the sharp moves yeah yeah like I I I don't think I think by game time this has got to be like three and a half four yeah I kind of agree Kyle like like if you just think about it like you could see the higher this number gets, the more tempted the squares will even get to, to, to take Miami as well. Yeah. But, but you just like, you got to get it now when it's under the, uh, under three when it, yeah. At the one possession game. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. All right. North Carolina minus two and a half for both of us. Davidson VCU. Um, I texted you about this the other day uh, that I was um, foaming at the mouth to take VCU as a small dog, as a small favorite, excuse me, at home against Davidson. Here we go. VCU minus two and a half at home against Davidson. I have already played it. It's the only, it's the only game that I've actually um, put my money on uh, so far. I played it at uh, uh, in between the Drew men's and women's basketball games this afternoon. As soon as I saw the line, hammered it. VCU minus two and a half is a play for me. I, I don't believe in Davidson. I think they're fraudulent. I think they were incredibly lucky to escape Richmond the other night. They do not defend. Um, they are an incredible, incredible shooting team, but now they got to play VCU, which, and you know this as well as anybody, Colin, they are freakishly good defensively, and they're almost like better this year than they have been in the past defensively. VCU, what is it, the Seagal Center? That's what it's called? Yeah, yep. Yeah, it, it is one of the best home court advantages in the nation. Um, I don't under, I mean, I watched Foster Lawyer for, for two years, three years, play point guard in the Big Ten, um, really coming in as a role player, as a backup. I know he's having a great year for Davidson, playing with a lot of confidence, making a lot of shots. He could not handle the ball against just good athletic defenses in the Big Ten. 
this is a VCU pressing attack that will drive him nuts. I love VCU here. I think they come to play. They're off of that, that blowout loss to St. Bonaventure. So they're coming in hungry. They're so athletic. They're so fast. And they've played some really tight, really good teams like down to the wire this season. This is a really good VCU team. They struggle on offense, but I think that that can get mitigated a little bit by being at home and like the familiar rims and the crowd. I just think they stifle Davidson. Davidson, their, their luck finally runs out and I am, I am all in on VCU minus two and a half. I love it. Yeah. Um, I completely agree. I think uh, you texted me on Friday about Richmond against Davidson. And I was like, yeah, I mean, makes a lot of sense, but Richmond still has Chris Mooney as their head coach. Uh, VCU doesn't have Chris Mooney as their head coach. And also the style is a complete, like the thing about Davidson is, and Richmond is their, their styles are very similar. And so if one's hot, then they're hot and it's really hard to beat. But for VCU, it's a complete mismatch of style, kind of why Richmond goes against it. You know, rivals always go opposite styles. But when Richmond and VCU play, Richmond prepares a ton for VCU. They don't typically have a big um, edge athletically. Uh, they always have a big edge athletically, but they're always pre- well prepared for that. When you're a Davidson team, this isn't. This is just another game for you. It's obviously a very tough game, but another game for you. Going onto the road in the Siegel Center, it's going to be a pumped up crowd. The length and athleticism will give Davidson problems on the board. And uh, it's their time. Like they, they, they edged out the win on Richmond on Friday. They're not going to be able to edge out another one in the same city. And they're just, they're a really good team, but this is a tough matchup. Two and a half is a little too, uh, too low. I think this would have to be four and a half for me to want to stay away um, on VCU because I just don't think Davidson, is going to be able and ready to deal with this, especially VCU coming off getting blown out of St. Bonaventure. This is a game they're going to really want to have. VCU minus two and a half consensus play for the hook and ladder. Another biggie in the Atlantic 10. Um, it's a really interesting year in the Atlantic 10. You've got about, I, don't know, I want to say like six, like pretty good teams, right? St. Bonaventure, VCU, Davidson, Richmond, Dayton, St. Louis, Rhode Island's not bad. George Mason's not terrible. It's an interesting year. Um, St. Bonaventure visits Dayton. Dayton laying two and a half at home against the Bonnies. This feels like a good spot for Dayton. St. Bonaventure just had the big win at home against VCU. Now they go on the road to Dayton. Always a very tough place to play. Dayton, physical, really good front court. I mean, they're obviously capable. They beat St. Louis. Um, they beat Kansas earlier in the season. But for whatever reason, Colin, I like St. Bonaventure, man. Like, like Dayton's playing great basketball. They blew out George. Their, their only loss is at home to VCU. They lost by one. They blew out George Washington. They blew out Duquesne, two of the worst teams in Atlantic 10. In between that, they beat St. Louis, who is a, a very physical, very good team. Now they're home against St. Bonaventure. And I, I might be wrong in this, but I still believe that the Bonnies are the best team in the, in the Atlantic 10, like without question. Like, I think – they are tier one, then like Davidson and VCU and Richmond and, and Dayton, they're all kind of tier two. I don't think St. Bonaventure should be dogs in this game. And I think they're kind of the forgotten team because they had a really lengthy COVID pause. 
but people forget like the, that at the beginning of the season, I don't know why Bonnie's analytics are so bad, but like beginning of the year, they beat Boise state. They beat Clemson. They beat Marquette. Like they won that conference, that, that, that non-conference tournament down in Florida or South Carolina, wherever it was. They had a bad loss to Northern Iowa, but Northern Iowa made everything they looked at in that game. They battled UConn without their starting point guard. They had that blowout loss at Virginia Tech, which was also without their starting point guard. They just completely looked lost. Long COVID pause, came back, just beat VCU by 20. Like I think the Bonnies are the best team in the Atlantic, in the Atlantic 10, and I think the wrong team is favored. Like, I don't think St. Bonaventure should be getting points. So I'm taking St. Bonaventure plus two and a half. I don't care if it's square. I don't care if it's weird that it's the road team and Dayton's the home team in a great spot. Like I think the Bonnies are the better team, so I'm taking them plus two and a half. Thoughts? Um, yeah, I mean, I see where you're coming from. I'm not gonna not gonna join you on it. I do think it is a uh, it's it's tough to play at Dayton. They've got a really good uh, home crowd. They've beaten Miami. They've uh, beaten Kansas, beaten Belmont, and uh, beaten Virginia Tech already this year. Like people really don't realize how tough of a schedule. Dayton had, and if they didn't have those just like three abysmal losses in the okay. beginning of the year, this would be a uh, top 20 people will be talking about a top 25 team here. Yeah. So, Agreed. I, I like, I like St. Bonaventure a lot, but I don't want, oh, I think this game just got postponed. Did it really? Yeah, postponed. Wow, look at that. That's disappointing. Oh, uh, wait, wait, wait. No, 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 no. We're good. We're good. What, I, was what? Looking, I was clicking on the old one. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, Resume analysis. I mean, that, that, that was pretty much the, the extent of the analysis. Like, outside of those really bad losses at the beginning of the year, Dayton has been a top 25 team. And St. Bonaventure may also be a top 25 team, but it's tough to go on the road into Dayton. And I, I, I don't really want to take – the points with the other side kansas state plus 11 at texas i think kansas state's a pretty good basketball team i mean obviously they just beat texas tech they've got a great backcourt now they go on the road to texas um k-state played texas really tight earlier this season like a couple weeks ago without some key players like kansas state i think had like seven healthy guys because of covid protocols um in a home loss to texas where they were winning at halftime yeah, they go on the road to Texas, who just was basically handled from tip to finish against Iowa State. But Texas has played well at home. This just feels like a classic stay away to me. Um, I think if anything, I kind of lean towards towards Kansas State to ride the momentum of the Texas Tech win to maybe hang in there. Like Texas, the way they play, like they're not really a a team that you can convincingly like lay double digits with. Like they play at a very slow tempo. Their defense first under Chris Beard. So I'm kind of I would lean K-State, but that's just a, a complete stay away for me. What do you think? Yeah, um, I feel like these are the type of games I always end up kind of screwing myself on because I never take the favorite minus the points because I was like, ah, like I don't really want to – I don't like laying double digits with really any team, yep. especially yep. in conference. Like this is how I got myself in trouble with Kansas against West Virginia. Um where West Virginia just couldn't score. Office was inept. I, I think it's kind of a similar situation here. Uh, Kansas State off a really big win, but Texas 
needs this win. It's going to be hyped up at home. And I just think they're, they're more talented, better coach team. So that I think they could, they really could just blow the doors off of them. I'm not going to give it out because like the 11 and 11 and a half, it's just from, in my opinion, it's too hard to really figure out if you're going to take the favorite, how big of a risk the backdoor cover is. But I, I think Texas should handle them pretty easily. What a stay away for you. Yeah. Tennessee Vanderbilt. Vols laying six and a half at Vanderbilt. Tennessee coming off of a blowout loss at Kentucky where they were really just non-competitive in the second half and Kentucky basically made everything they looked at and clicked on all cylinders. Um, I had Tennessee plus five and a half. Felt really good about it. If you asked me what my favorite play of the day was, it was probably that one. Now they got to go on the road to Vanderbilt, which is a weird court, tough place to play. This is not a bad Vanderbilt team. They've already beaten BYU this year. Like they've shown the ability to be, be pretty competent. They won at Arkansas. Their starting point guard, Scotty Pippen, is Scotty Pippen Jr., I should say, is one of the best players in the SEC. It leads the SEC in scoring. I like Vandy plus six and a half. I know it's it's a little weird because Tennessee, obviously Tennessee just lost, like they need a win. But like on the flip side, Tennessee just lost to Kentucky in a game that really means something. So now they, they got all the way up for Kentucky, laid a freaking egg. Now they got to regroup, bounce back to go on the road to Vanderbilt, which obviously is like chomping at the bit to play Tennessee. And the next game for Tennessee is a rematch against LSU, which was a battle last week. This feels like a pretty good sandwich spot for Vanderbilt. I think they come ready to play. Tennessee's not a team that I like taking as a favorite anyway. Like they're just not explosive enough offensively. I think Vandy has enough to hang in this game. So I'm taking Vanderbilt plus six and a half. What? We're going to get our first lock fight of the, uh, of the season. Okay, let's do it. I'm going to take uh, Tennessee. I mean, I, I see what you're saying, but I think Tennessee's been a team a lot this year that they've ebbed and they flowed. They're, they're a big, uh, what'd you do last game? And then they do the opposite. So they get blown out by Villanova and then they blow out North Carolina. They blow out Colorado. Then they lose to Texas tech. That one's less. So they beat Arkansas or Arizona, one of the best teams in the country. And then they lose to Alabama. They beat Ole Miss lose to LSU. They blow out South Carolina and get blown out by Kentucky. The other thing is I don't think Tennessee is really going to overlook this game. I think they'll probably be maybe 40% of the fans at the arena will be Tennessee fans. Uh, they kind of look at it as a Tennessee home game when these teams play. Um, there's no love lost between Tennessee and Vanderbilt. They don't really like each other. I expect uh, Tennessee to be ready to play, and I think they're just a better team than Vanderbilt, and I think they're going to – want to really prove that they're still a really good team after getting demolished on the natural national stage on Saturday. You are a brave man to lay six and a half with Rick Barnes's defense first team on the road. Um, you might have the right side though, but we fight. You have Tennessee minus six and a half. I got Vandy plus six and a half. My number's close to like four, four and a half. So I'm happy to be on, on the home dog in that one. Clemson at Syracuse. Um, Clemson plus three at Syracuse feels kind of low. Like Syracuse, I mean, but Syracuse has been bad this year. Like they, 
Like, I don't know why. I might have it in my head, Colin, that Syracuse is better than they are, and I don't really know why that is. Maybe it's because they're so explosive offensively, but like Syracuse is, what, 500, basically? They just lost. No, I mean, Syracuse has been bad, and I think a lot of people have just not as written them off as not bad. I think some of it has to do with that Indiana win, right, where they put up 112. In triple overtime. Yeah, but still. Um, but I, I don't know. I've watched Syracuse all all year, and I don't think they've been any good. But I've also watched Clemson, and I don't think Clemson is any good either. This team just lost at home to Boston College. Like, who does that, you know? Who loses to Boston College? Yeah, I, I, at home. Who does that? I don't know. <laughs> um, this feels like a stay away to me. Like, I think I think both teams are pretty equal. Give the three points for the home court and and close the door. I, I like Clemson. Like, I think Clemson's – I might only like Clemson because Rutgers beat Clemson, and I want Clemson to play well. Like, Yeah, I think – I think I, that I've been convinced of that <laughs> – uh, when you when you told me you were on Clemson against Notre Dame, I was pretty sure you were just rooting for them. I mean, yes, but also Clemson did win at Virginia. Like they're not. No, they're not like a terrible team, but they're not. They're nothing special. I think. Yeah. I think you're, you you've got a little. Uh, little bias. Little, little Clemson Clemson bias after we were talking about Rutgers, and you said uh, you texted me they got that win at Clemson. That's gonna be big come tournament time, and. Uh, they're kind of screwing you with that. Yeah, that was that was. I was in. You know, it's interesting. That might be the human element to it because I was in Rutgers specifically. Was in a really dark place when Clemson came to town. Like that was such a desperate spot for RU. Like they had to have that game, and they did. And like Clemson was, Clemson's not a bad basketball team, but like that's a Clemson's a team that I'm going to want to take when they're getting six and a half at home against Duke later in the year. Um, I'm not sure this is the spot, especially Syracuse off of a Syracuse off of a freaking loss at home to Florida state in a game like they, like they, they can't afford loss. Neither of these teams can afford losses at this point wow. to go to the NCAA tournament. So this is just a, a hard, a hard stay away. Um, like uh, Notre Dame did use the zone pretty effectively against Clemson. Uh, it's something is, they've been doing. They, they've been doing a lot recently but going that, to the zone, which has really improved their defense. But uh, so Colin, that I surprises think, me because Clemson does have good shooters. Like, I know they didn't shoot the ball well against Notre Dame. I understand that. But, like, Nick Honor, Amir Dawes, Hunter Tyson, like, these guys are good three-point shooters, historically really good three-point shooters. So that's part of, like, the matchup thing that gives me a little bit of – I'm just staying away. Like, well, there's no value here. Is there value a value on this? No, I don't, I don't see any value. I, I do think it's interesting, though, Syracuse, like, they have – just got to go, right? I mean, he's a legend, so he's going to go on his own terms. Yeah, but, like, Gary Patterson was a legend. Not in the same level. Not in the same level. Behan, yeah. the top five winning coach in, in college basketball history, like, he's yeah. a national champion, like, not in the same level. Close, though. I mean, no, no, uh, no, Colin, I'm sorry. I'm going to – full stop. They are not on the same level. Gary Patterson is a legend at TCU. Jim Beheim is a legend in college basketball. I guess that's fair. Uh, yeah, but Syracuse really, it, it's kind of sad watching, like, the, the whole ACC is down, but it's sad when you go to the Carrier Dome and see it half full. Like, you used to always watch those games in the Big East and to see, like, sold out, bumping Carrier Dome. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I, I agree, Kyle. 30,000 people going nuts in the, in the dome. You turn it on and it's, it is half full. It's a great, that's a great point. I've noticed that too this year. Um, it might be, I think there's a Vax mandate, mask mandate that might be slowing it down at Syracuse, but I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, maybe a little bit, but I think the plays is probably the bigger factor. Probably, probably. Um, Iowa State, Texas Tech, sneakily the game of the night, I think, in, in college basketball. Iowa State getting seven and a half. It feels kind of stinky. Like, Iowa State's been really good, and, like, every time people have doubted them, they've just played well again. Like, getting 11 and a half at Kansas, almost one outright. Like, Texas laying two at, at Iowa State. Iowa State home dog feels pretty stinky. Could lay the points with Texas. Maybe Texas is better than Iowa State. Iowa State controls the game from start to finish. Now they're getting seven and a half at Texas Tech. Like at a certain point, like don't we have to kind of believe in the Cyclones and like what they're doing? Because how many times can we keep getting proven wrong? Like they've just, all they've done is win and beat good teams. Like, yeah. I I mean, maybe who's the head coach now? TJ Otzelberger. Maybe TJ Otzelberger is just one of the best coaches in the country. Because that is. No, so I don't buy that, Colin, because he did a great – he was the coach at South Dakota State and did a great job there. Then he went to yeah. UNLV, did a horrible job there, and then got hired at Iowa State and is now doing probably the best job of any coach in the country. Um, I don't know. I don't know. He might be. He might be a magician. Who the hell knows? Well, because that – if he's a magician, then that it makes sense. If he's not a magician, then they're kind of getting lucky because, like – uh, bringing it back to Miami, like they've kind of went, went way overperformed their uh, statistics this year, and I think that's typically when you when you're overperforming the statistics, I, I typically think of that as the good coach. You know, like Ken Palm calls it luck. Yeah, other people might call it like having a really good head coach. Um, so I I think if you like I don't know. But if, he, if he's a really good head coach, you're going to continue to get value until the market adjusts him as one of the best coaches in college basketball. What do you think, though? What do you like? Do you, is there a play here? Like, are you willing to, to go to war with Iowa State? I mean, I'm closer to like. I'm, I just haven't bought in on Iowa State, so I, I, I don't really want to do that. Yeah, it's a revenge spot for Texas Tech. They lost a close game at Iowa State a couple weeks ago without their two best players. Shannon and McCullough are back. I think Texas Tech's kind of a wagon. Their home court advantage, I think they have the best home court advantage in the Big 12. Like, their fans are freaking nuts. <laughs> they're, like, <laughs> they're, like, they're like years of pent-up aggression into being awesome and then having their like, – like, it's so funny. Like, the way, like, I, the Texas Tech fan base, Kyle, is, is – like, they were – for years, they were just kind of like kind of a middle of the pack towards the bottom dweller team in the Big 12. Chris Beard comes along, takes him to the national championship game, brings him into national prominence, top 15 team, top 20 program, like elite, elite. Then he leaves them for like their arch rival for big brother. Like they have, so they have all this like pent up energy from being bad towards being good and then being betrayed. Like, te- like those fans are like rabid right now. Like you watch yeah. that Texas Tech, um, Kansas game, like their fans are fucking nuts. I don't think I don't want to bet any team going on the road to Texas Tech. Like, like I had we don't did we or did I? Maybe I just had Oklahoma State a couple of weeks ago. Um, 
I think I, yeah, yeah, I, I, don't think I, I had, I had Oklahoma state last week and like after watching that game, like I do not want any part of fading Texas tech at home. Um, don't think I'm going to get there and back them laying seven and a half, but I am, <laughs> I am not betting them. I am not betting Iowa state. That's for damn sure. Um, all right. Big 10 Wisconsin at Northwestern Wisconsin laying two at Northwestern. Uh, Colin, what do you think? We kind of got screwed here, didn't we? Did we? Oh, oh, on the line because Northwestern won at Michigan State? Yeah. I mean, like, yes, a little bit, but also I don't care. I think Northwestern wins the game outright. Yeah, I mean, I agree, but it it, it, it sucks. You know, I, I, I saw that line, score. I think the line's four and a half if Northwestern loses. Yeah, I saw that score on Saturday, and I was like, damn. You know, I would I would have liked to get a possession with Northwestern here. Yeah. I mean, do you think people are going to – it might behoove us to wait, I mean, in real time. Like, we can give it out as a play on the pod, but it might behoove us to wait in real time and think, like, like – I, I, I'm not sure the market is – No, no, because I, I, I don't – I think everybody's still, like, if before – and this opened at two, after maybe they lost, they didn't edge that out, like, lost a close game. Then I think you could wait and people would move. But now it's – I mean, everybody's seen it. Yeah, but people, this Northwestern team is capable. But okay, yeah, but that's that's number one. But number two, like nobody's in a hurry to fade Wisconsin. Like they've been a wagon. No, they have been. They now have they're going off the road. They have more quad one wins than any team in the country. Yeah. Uh, the the problem here is also uh because Wisconsin's so good, the fans are all involved. And Chicago, Evanston is not far from Madison. I know. And Evanston doesn't have uh, like Northwestern doesn't have fan support. No, you're you're completely right, Colin. The, when I took Northwestern, I, I think plus three and a half, plus two and a half, something like that, at home against Michigan State a few weeks ago, and Northwestern lost, and it was like a 50-50 crowd. Michigan State fans traveling, so like I I think, yeah. I think you're right. Wisconsin fans will absolutely try. We had a geography lesson. Uh, a few months ago, like obviously, Matt, I know now that Madison is actually kind of close to Chicago. Um, <laughs> I, 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 you, you make a really good point. Um, but I, so that's here's, like, that's kind of that's what scares me about this line being okay. Here's my, here's my counterpoint. I don't think Wisconsin's any good. I think, I, yeah, I, yeah, I think they are so fraudulent. Like, I can't even, I watch them, them play, and I just like can't even believe that the fact that they just continue to win games that they're a top 10 team, like they don't even do anything well. Like, okay. Johnny Davis is awesome. He's just a great shot maker, but like, they're not a great three point shooting team. Like they're a good three point shooting team. They're not a great defensive team, but they're like a good defensive team. They don't really rebound the ball. Great. But like, they're not getting abused on the glass. They don't have a dynamic point guard. Like what do they do? Like they don't def- like what do they do that makes them like a top ten team? How have they won so many games? It blows my freaking mind. I I have faded them. I have faded them basically all season long, con, and I am not about to stop here. Northwestern plus two is a play for me. Yeah, I, I will take it as well. I do wish we could get a better number, but I don't know, man. We might still Wisconsin. be able. To, like there could be a public perspective that like wisconsin's great and northwestern peaked against michigan state and now uh, like they've got a letdown i mean johnny johnny davis has to come to come back to earth at some point and i mean 
against Ohio State, he really only he had 14 points and went four for 18 from the field. And they still won. And they still won. But that was the rest of the team. You know, like, you look at some of the other games, when they beat Iowa, put up 26. When they had that road win at Purdue, he had yeah. 37. Yeah. 25 against Marquette. Like, who puts up these numbers in college? People barely do that in the NBA. I know. Johnny Davis is is, is elite. And the, the other – so Northwestern's best defender is Chase Audige. He's long. He's athletic. I think he can defend him. I don't know if he's going to be able to stop him, but he probably could slow him down. Um, Northwestern's best player, Pete Nance, Larry Nance Jr.'s brother, <laughs> um, missed the game against Michigan State which makes it even more surprising that Northwestern was able to win that game. I, Colin, I'm taking Northwestern. I think Northwestern's good. If you asked me to make a line on this game before the season, I would have had Northwestern favored, like like full stop. So well, that's, um, what I'm, that's what I'm talking about uh, was what I was saying before, like after the Northwestern Michigan State game, North, Northwestern has a, has a sneaky, like so, solid, no flaws resume. Yeah. Right, like their well, their worst well, loss is the the Penn State and Maryland at home. Right, but like those are, I mean, I don't want to say those are like they're not terrible losses. Like it's not like losing to, I mean, it's not like you lost at home to Lafayette, like to put it in Rutgers terms. But yeah, I mean, you can't lose to two, you can't lose to two of the bottom two half middling teams. Yeah, at home, like you just can't do that. But then you make up for it by going on the road and beating a top three team in the conference. Like, that's impressive. Now they're coming home with Mojo, another chance to get a quality win. And I feel like I could be wrong in this in this opinion, Kyle, but I feel like under Chris Collins at Northwestern, like they've been streaky. Like when they've when they've won games, like they've won them in bunches and then they've lost games in bunches. Like, I feel like they've strung together big games before. Like, is that just in my head? That might be in my head. I, I yeah, I, I don't know. I, I do feel like they, they're good for one of those big upsets a year, but it's it, – I don't know if they've ever had, like, two, like, Michigan State, Wisconsin level ever. I, the one thing that gives um, me hope – Well, let me – well, hang, hang on, hang on. Ready? Ready for this? Last year, last year, beat Michigan State at home Number when they were ranked fourth in the country. So this was before they, they started to fall apart. Yeah, before they collapsed. Number four in the country, beat them at home. Went on the road and won at Indiana, came back home and beat Ohio State at home. Okay. All that was right. last year. And then they lost one, two, three, four, uh, five, six. Remember how fraudulent that Ohio State team was last year? Lost 13 straight games. Yeah, that Ohio State team was very fraudulent. And then you 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 killed them. You killed them on Oral Bob. Yeah. All right. So we're here on Northwestern plus two. Yeah, yeah, we are. Um any final thoughts on it? You were I mean, saying before it, I cut you off. Yeah, yeah. This is what I was going to say. Point differential in conference. Or maybe this is overall. But it doesn't matter. Northwestern has a four-point better point differential than Wisconsin. Despite Wisconsin being 14-2 and two and Northwestern being 9-6. and six. Interesting. Just kind of interesting. I don't really know. It's not that big. Like, Purdue has an 18. Iowa's at 14. Illinois is at 14, Michigan State's at nine. But, and then but that has but that has some to do with who you've played, right? Yeah, Which, yeah, it does. It does. But it, it that's interesting, isn't it? No, yeah, I, actually that's, yeah, definitely, I that's definitely in conference. And so yeah. I mean part of that is them getting blown out by Ohio State, but still. Yeah, I I, I 
look, Colin, you don't have to convince me. I mean, <laughs> I'm there. I'm there. Like I, I down with Wisconsin. Like they have more punchable faces on that roster than any other yeah. roster in college basketball. They almost lost to Illinois State. Yeah, who's bad, bad. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm there. We're there. Northwestern plus two. Let's go. Oh, this is what I was gonna say. Yes. The one thing that um may bode well about that Michigan State well, uh, win is maybe you know the Northwestern fans will actually show up for this game. Make it because I, I think Wisconsin's gonna invade. But if they had lost that game, it definitely would be a dead arena. Maybe there'll be some fan support. Fingers crossed. Northwestern plus the points. Okay, final game of the night. Um, another elite game. ACC. Duke laying five at Florida State. I mean, I I hate doing this because, like, I, I feel like it's just – it doesn't always win and it doesn't always hit. And, like, I don't – like, I'm not – this is not like a, a hammer-type play or anything like that, but, like – I can't run to the window fast enough to bet Florida State here. Like I could be wrong. Like Duke could just be excellent, but like Duke is good. They're very good. They are a top 10 team. They are not the best team in America. That's number one. Two, everybody loves Duke. People just bet Duke religiously. Florida State's playing better basketball of late. Win at Syracuse, beat Miami. Their home court is awesome. It's been awesome for years. Duke has so many freshmen coming into that atmosphere where it's going to be a rowdy crowd. Like I am all in on Florida state um, plus five. Now, now the one issue is one of their leading scorers, Malik Osborne. I don't believe he played against Syracuse. Uh, so if he, I mean, look, they're, they're deep. I mean, they were able to beat Syracuse without him. So I think they'll be able to, to hang in there with Duke without him also, but that's just the one red flag. But I mean, I think Florida state's, athleticism like they 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 have the athletes they're one of the few teams in the country that has the athletes and the size to match up with duke if you are a bubble team in the acc like you have to get the win over duke like that's like the resume builder because duke is like the one like like bonafide top 10 team national championship contender that yeah duke beat play. kentucky and gonzaga right like duke is like the one one team in the ACC that like you have to get at home. Like if you're a bubble team in the ACC and you get Duke, like there's your, there's the carrot in your resume. Um, I love Florida state here. I think plus five is, is a really good number. Um, I probably would have taken it plus three and a half or better. So uh, I'm, I'm, I'm all in on the Knolls. What do you think? Um, I'm not going to play it, but I, I lean the other way. Uh, really? Okay. I, I don't think Florida state's all that great. Like I do think they're figuring some things out. They're figuring things out is not like they haven't shown me anything. Like beating Syracuse in the carry dome used to mean something. It doesn't really mean anything this year. Colgate could do it. Um I, I, I just don't I think Duke's a better team and five is low. Like this kind of I bet Duke against Wake Forest the other night, and it was a similar line, hyped up crowd. I mean, Florida State's obviously a better crowd than Wake Forest, but still the I just don't – I think Duke is really good, and I don't know about a really five, – five is a, five is pretty low. And for a Florida State team, right, they're, they figure things out, but they beat in Louisville, Miami, and Syracuse. And what are those te- – what are any of those teams? Miami's the best one, and they won that game by one at home. Yeah, I don't know. I think those are three of the – 
the teams in the ACC, like that are in that middle of the pack area. And like Florida State beat them. And now they got their big game. Like they, you don't get any more hyped for this game than they will be against Duke. Like this is just, this is like their. I mean, yeah, yeah, it, that's true. But they played one team similar to Duke. Granted, it was, um, it was on the road, but Purdue smacked them. Yeah. Um, Florida State, I mean, this obviously doesn't mean anything because teams change every year. Um, and, like, Florida State's been – had better teams than this the last few years. Um, last time Florida State played Duke at Florida State, Duke won by two. Florida the, the time before that, Florida State won by 16. The time before that, Duke won by three. The time before that, Florida State won by five. Um, and that's – I mean, that's – I mean, that's over a 10-year period, but, like, I just think Florida State can hang in there. So, so that's a play for me, but stay away for you, Colin. Yeah. All right, let's recap. I have West Virginia plus six and a half against Baylor, Oklahoma plus three and a half against Kansas, UNC minus two and a half against Miami, VCU minus two and a half against Davidson, St. Bonaventure plus two and a half at Dayton, Vandy plus six and a half, at home against Tennessee, Northwestern plus two against Wisconsin, and Florida State plus five against Duke. It is a major, major Tuesday night card, a great slate and a major card for me. And Colin, you've got Oklahoma plus three and a half, consensus play. UNC minus two and a half, a consensus play. VCU minus two and a half, consensus play. And Northwestern plus two, consensus play. You also have Tennessee minus six and a half in our first lock fight of the college basketball season. You've got Tennessee minus six and a half, and I got Vandy plus six and a half. Did I miss anything? Um, don't believe so. No, that's it. All right. We will discuss our takeaways from the week when we do our Saturday picks pod. We'll record that Friday afternoon, Friday evening. And um, that's the next time we'll talk to you. Colin, good luck tomorrow. Hopefully you have some, some success with your bets, everything but the Tennessee Vanderbilt game. And then I'll talk to you Friday. All right, Colin. Peace out. See ya. Thank you.